Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to a bonus episode of Known. If you don't know, Known's a podcast where we sit down with individuals to talk about the battles and burdens that they faced in their lives that have shaped them and molded them into all that God has called them to be in their current circumstance. We've been anxiously waiting to release this episode as I feel... Uh, in my heart, I haven't recorded a podcast for Humble Daily that will be more helpful for you than this one. And I don't say that lightly. If I have any credibility with you, I do believe that you're going to be listening to this more than one time. It is chock full of wisdom, full of biblical truth. And I'd honestly probably say there's more scripture in this podcast than our entire season two combined. And so we've been sitting on this feeling that, man, there's a time coming where people are going to need biblical wisdom. There's a time coming where people are going to need to be encouraged, to be spurred forward. And we think the time is now. And so we're going to release this thing now. It's a bonus episode. We're sitting down with Mr. Todd Wagner. Todd is the pastor of Watermark Church. And I can honestly say that uh, as a person from afar, Todd is one of the most influential people uh, in my life as someone from a distance who has taught me scripture, who has taught me how to be God's man, who has taught me how to walk in God's ways uh, and just trust God's promises. And so I am grateful for the way that Todd has walked, grateful for his ministry, grateful for his faithfulness. And I think that you'll be grateful for it today, too. Uh, Like I said, I don't say this lightly. I've talked with multiple people, and you'll hear it in the podcast, who say that Todd is the single best leader they've ever worked with. Some have even said Todd is the best leader in America. This dude bleeds Bible, and he encourages and shapes people in so many ways. Uh, It was encouraging just to be around his leadership. And so I'm very excited for you to hear this episode. Please do keep in mind that this episode was actually recorded back in May. Uh, And so Todd's lack of mentioning of some of the craziness that has happened in our world since then uh, is not a reflection of Todd in any capacity as much as it is a reflection of the fact that it hadn't happened yet. Uh, And so I think a lot of the wisdom that Todd shares in this is actually going to be very applicable to the state of the United States and to the state of our hearts and the state of the people. Um, And I think it'll be helpful for you. I think it'll be helpful for you to hear. I think it'll be even more helpful for you to apply. So we're praying at Humble Daily that this bonus episode will speak to you. We're praying uh, that this bonus episode through Known will be something that pushes you deeper into all God has called you to be and pushes you to know him more. And so guys, sit back, get a notebook out for this one. Don't put it on two times speed. Listen and glean the wisdom from a man who's been faithful for 50 plus years to Christ. Humble daily. Man. Why, thank you for doing this, man. I know you're not. Your schedule's not exactly <laughs> wide open. Uh, well, here's a, you know, it's just like anybody else, man. You know, you get to do what you get to do. And uh, when there's a bunch of folks waiting on stuff, that's what I, that's when I go, oh, dude. Okay, so like you remind me of that article and it's just a couple other things. So I'm glad to do it with you. I'm encouraged. Thank you, man. So you're senior pastor at Watermark. Um, father to six children? I got six, yeah. Six and now four grandkids, which four. is hard to believe. Yeah, I okay. mean, you know, there's a lot of titles that didn't wig me out. Getting to be 40 was not that big a deal. Hitting 50, you know, I mean, if you think about it, that sounds a little older, but when you hear the term granddad, <laughs> dude, that's when, you know, your back starts to hurt, you buy a cane, and you start to, I don't know what you're supposed to do, but it didn't feel, it didn't seem like it fit me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love it. It's been good. Has it been Has it been as good as everyone says it is? Yeah. You know what? I, I'm young enough still that I'd rather be a dad. I yeah. mean, honestly. So uh, I loved being a dad. I loved spending time with my kids, pouring into my kids, coaching my kids, being present with my kids. And, um, and so, you know, you are definitely second fiddle. And that's, I think, why a lot of people maybe like it. But for me, I love being a dad. So hmm. uh, I think it's overrated. Now, as they get older, <laughs> I'll get older, and I'm sure glad I get to say, now y'all go on with your bad self. But, um, but no, being a granddad's great because mostly, 
you know, haven't played sports for a long time. I honestly had more fun coaching my kids, watching them play sports mm-hmm. as much as I did. And I think the same thing's true with parenting. You love watching your kids. And man, all three of my children that have that are married have children. And it's been awesome to mm-hmm. watch them be parents. They're all all three of them and their spouses are great parents. That's so that's awesome. fun to watch, yeah. So cool. So did I hear actually one time Cooper say that you coached like 60 YMCA teams or something like that? <laughs> well, when, I mean, we counted them up. It's over 100 teams I coached, and, and probably Man. about 60 of those were, you know, it's not like uh, all of them were quote-unquote select. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them were, you know, when they hit four and five. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, yeah, but you add up all the teams that I was like the coach of, uh, it was over 100. Wow. Yeah. And some of them, you know, were pretty, uh, pretty big commitment because, you know, as they got a little older, the game got a little more challenging. And, uh, you know, right up till high school, when they hit high school, obviously, I let them go. But that was just my way of being present with their kid, their, their, my kids and their friends and investing in families, you know. So all their friends, they don't know me as pastor of, you know, Watermark. They know me as uh, coach or, yeah. you know, as a, a dad they spend a lot of time with. So it gave me a great relationship with hundreds of kids in that community. And and their and their families in a, in a very normal way because one of the best ways to build a relationship with people is to love their kids. Yeah, you know, and so um, it was it was great. Yeah, hmm. that's so cool. Okay, Todd. So you do a lot of content, a lot of podcasts, a lot of things like this. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much, if you want to know something about you, you can you can go find it somewhere. <laughs> um, it's getting that way, somewhere right? Somewhere out in the world. <laughs> uh, so one thing I wanted to start with. Me and Greg were talking about this. He's like, you make him choose his own destination a little bit. Um, so what's a question, like I said, our audience is the bulk of it's kind of 18 to 35. Um, what's a question that you wish you were asked more? Oh man. Um, you know what? I, I want to be, I want to serve people. I want to be interested to people. I'm not, you know, I don't usually assume that talking a lot about me is going to bless everybody. Um, what's a question you wish you were asked more? You know, I, I, let me just say this. Um, and m- maybe you're kind of doing that. I never leave a conversation with somebody that I'm trying to find something about um, by, you know, like, I, I don't care if it's either buying an air conditioner or buying a car, uh, you know, choosing a, a church, I, whatever it might be. You know, when I'm talking to somebody um, about a topic I'm trying to learn more of, I always work this question in, which is, hey, what question am I not smart enough to know that I should ask? Hmm. That's good. And so, um, you know, it's really interesting when people you know, stop and think about that. Every now and then somebody says, I can't believe you didn't ask me this, or you should always want to know this information, you know, before you make a decision on this. But, you know, it's just a, it's a way just to assume a position of humility and just say, I don't even know what I need to know so I can ask what I need to know. And, you know, it, it, it is, um, one of the things that, all of us need to continually do. I mean, it's, it's just be learners, lifetime learners, you know, because, um, you know, that, that scripture, I mean, with the Humble Daily Podcast, I mean, do you guys have a verse you usually go off of, you know? We usually do First Peter 5, 6. Okay, well, there you go, yeah. right? So you younger men, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourself in humility towards one another. For God's opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, and, and, and so, I mean, I kind of ran through that like it's a, you know, blow that off, that mm-hmm. piece. I didn't mean to do that, but... Um, when God's opposed to the proud, and he does give grace to the humble, and so we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God that he might exalt us in due time. And I tell people all the time, and listen, if you try and do God's job, which is to exalt yourself, he will do yours, right, which is to humble you. <laughs> and and so I I just know, I mean, I don't know where I read it, but years ago I read uh, 
gosh, was it, I don't know if it was Ralph Waldo Emerson or somebody like that. It wasn't a, uh, some big Christian. It was just a guy who said wise things that people wrote down. And, um, you know, he just said, hey, in some way, every man is your teacher. And I think that's true. I mean, everybody's either a shining example or, or serve you as a horrible warning. Like, hey, don't do what that brother's doing because it's going to end up that way. So some, some of you guys that are listening didn't have dads you respected, didn't have dads that coached your teams, didn't have dads that were present, dads that abandoned you, abandoned your mom. And, and I mean, let them be your teacher, right? Let them serve you as a horrible warning. Don't be that guy. All right, love your dad. Forgive your dad. Uh, work through your father wound. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, you got to be a student of your dad, of your bad coach, of your bad teacher, of your absent parent, because you can learn from them. You know, you can learn as much from poor examples as you can good ones if you'll just be a student. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, the reason that I would say again, that, uh, you know, you always want to learn the art of asking questions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Proverbs four, five, six, and seven says acquire wisdom acquire understanding and then uh it says don't forget or turn away from the words of my mouth don't forsake her she will guard you love her she'll watch over you the beginning of wisdom is we always think it's the fear of the lord which is true that's proverbs 1 7 but proverbs 4 7 says the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom which there is no wisdom greater than men knowing the goodness of god and uh the beauty of his way and i think every problem we have uh is driven back to a wrong view of God, right? So A.W. Tozer is the guy that said, um, you know, the most important thing about a man is what his view of God is. Mm-hmm. Nothing will screw you up more than thinking God's this uh, meddling, bothersome, you know, uh, individual or this uh, doting grandfather or this oppressive policeman, uh, you know, or this uh, looming principal, right? So, if you have a wrong view of God, it's going to affect how you, uh, av- you know, how you manage Him. You're going to think God needs to be managed, avoided, or appeased. And I always tell people, kind of like a baker in Chicago in the 1920s with Al Capone. They don't love Al Capone, and they fear him, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of like, man, I don't want to, you know, he'll blow my bakery up, yeah. uh, but I hate him. But I'll make sure I give him what he says he needs, because I guess he's the overlord here. And that's not who God is, right? But you've got an Al Capone view of God, this mobster that just intimidates you and takes what he wants and lets you be until he comes back and wants more. That, that's going to mess with you. So, you know, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. And um, that, that's what it says, you know, in 4.5 and then 4.7 says, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And in all you're acquiring, get understanding. And that's what understanding is. It's wisdom applied. Gotcha. So you got to know what you need to know and then you got to go, okay, now how do I do this, hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, what's the right form and application here? So, you know, uh, anybody that knows you, Quinn, uh, uh, knows that you spend probably a little time in a gym, <laughs> okay? And, uh, and so, you know, it's one thing to have the weights and, and uh, you know, here's a good workout regimen, but you better know how to do squats yeah. or it's going to jack you up. Right. You might you might know, hey, you should do squats. Well, you better learn how to apply that proper technique to your life. So anyway, um, I like to ask the question, you know, hey, what, what am I not smart enough to ask? Hmm. And, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, everybody is thinking that there, there's some huge key to life that if I just had a guy that would sit with me and have coffee every week, you know, a mentor, 
mm-hmm. I, 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 my life would be set. And I will tell you that more than a mentor, I mean, God's word you mentor. Read the book of Proverbs. You get the best mentor in the world mm-hmm. if you'll just pick up the book of Proverbs, right? So today's what? What are we on today? The 27th. So read Proverbs 27. I tell people, you know, there's probably nothing I did in my life that was as helpful to me as read the proverb assigned with a day. And so there's, you know, 12 months. Most months have 30 days uh, at least. And uh, and so if you read the proverb that goes with a day, you're going to read almost every proverb at least 12 times a year. And, you know, Proverbs 31, you'll read five or six. So um, that's just a good plan. And then what you want to do is you study that. Okay. You got to go, okay, now what am I going to apply to my life? You don't need a mentor. You need friends who can encourage you, who admonish you and help you. And, uh, you know, the proverb says this, the precious possession of a man is diligence. Hmm. Okay. Which is finishing, but a slothful man does not roast his prey. Um, Proverbs 13, four says the soul of the diligent is made fat. In other words, um, you know, a lot of guys have the resources, right? There's a lot of guys who have gyms in their town, have memberships to their gyms, okay? But they don't execute on it. They don't go there. They don't use it. And they don't do what they should do. And, and you know, the Proverbs are a lot like that too. So um, the, the soul of the diligent is made fat. But uh, what's it say? What's the other part of that? Proverbs 13, 4. Uh, the soul, oh, but the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. That's what it says. It starts that way. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. Hmm. Yeah. So good, man. So how for you? Uh, just this. This started at a young age. Like hmm. people, people listen to you quoting scripture left and right, quoting guys like Spurgeon and J.C. Ryle and Tozer, and um, and and for you, I've, I've heard you say at least that that it started with like, man, what would it look like to give God my best years? Yeah. Like, what would it look like to not leave God with my leftovers and, and, and spend my 20s and 30s doing whatever I wanted to do and then try to catch up to, to where I hoped I would be with Christ? Um, what did that look like for you? Um, was there pain and hurts that came along with that? Was that, I, I'm sure it wasn't an easy road to walk. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, look, grace is a ton to do with everything, okay? Uh, and I... For whatever reason, you know, once the Lord sought me, and that's really what happened. I mean, God just gave me a heart in my high school years. And then, you know, ever when I finally decided there is a God, he is good, um, I, I, I started asking lots of questions. Okay, well, how do we know? How do we, how, you know, is this just an American thing? Is this just a, a cultural thing? I didn't grow up in a Christian home, yeah. okay? Um, I grew up in a, in a church-going home most of the time. Uh, I grew home with a, uh, up with a mom and dad that were together and still are. I grew up with kind of that middle American, you know, moral kind of a yeah. world. But I, I saw all kinds of hypocrisy and people that weren't committed to God. Uh, not one time did my dad ever open a Bible with me or even pray with me that I can remember. Um, but... Uh, and then, and when I was around the folks at church, it was like to me, I go, you guys are the craziest people in the world because you come here on Sunday and it has no relevance to your life. I mean, you're, uh, you kind of all go back to your own separate ways and do your own separate things and just don't little, you don't drag it out into the public, you know. Uh, but I don't see anybody here who loves this God, yeah. okay. Uh, and so I, I, I just kind of went on my own way, and. Um, you know, just very quickly, my story was basically, you know, like a lot of young men, I, I, I had an affinity for or liked sports. And so 
Um, for whatever reason, I was under the illusion that athletes, uh, you know, didn't party and didn't do drugs, uh, at least until they were good enough athletes that they could do whatever they wanted, right? I mean, you know, maybe one day you get the money and you get the girls and you get the, uh, you know, the quote-unquote craziness that goes with it, but I was just trying to compete. You know, I was a late bloomer at that point, and uh, so all my friends just started to kind of, you know, get after it party-wise, and I was like, okay, that's what you want to do, that's fine. We'll still be friends, and uh, I'm not going to do what you're going to do, but we'll all hang and still be buddies. Well, that's not what went down. They kind of, um, you know, were convicted by my not doing what they were doing, and uh, I wasn't a believer, but I was like, what? Well, you know, hey, I thought we were friends, and and they, you know, their perspective was, hey, friends do the same things. And I was like, no, friends like and care for each other, right? We just yeah. hang, and and uh, they didn't want to hang with me anymore, and so I got cut out. I mean, like major cut out. And went from being, you know, one of the, the guys that was in the middle of the guys that were kind of the gang and the athletes and the popular guys and all that different stuff to really being um, ostracized. And, like, they'd sit and say stuff. Hey, man, we're going to the lake this weekend. Todd, do you want to go? Oh, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, man, bro, you'd be seven. <laughs> and so they would do that on purpose. You know, they would let me know you're missing out. And um, And so in the midst of that time, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I it just it, I just go okay. That's not what friendship is, mm-hmm. and just I mean, God very loudly, even through this dead environment that I was in, just began to kind of say, hey, you know, you want to? Sh- I'll show you what a friend looks like, mm-hmm. and um, and I literally just started having a hunger for uh, for God, and and for wondering if He was really there. I wasn't mad at anybody. When I, I, you know, I wasn't mad at God. I wasn't mad at my family. I was just like. Hey God, if you're there, you wouldn't be like this. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he wasn't, you know. <laughs> and and so uh, about that time, you know, there was some guys who were older that really reached out to me and um, began to hang out with me and invited me to Young Life. And then I, I came to Christ through a ministry called Young Life, which okay. you know, uh, is there Young Life and Cody? Do you know? There is, yeah. is there? Okay. Well, there we go. And so um, you know, and, and so I, I just saw some older guys who the first time began to pursue me. And when I was like, hey, what are you doing? You guys setting me up to kind of uh, lay me out like everybody else? Or And they go, no, man, we want you to know what, what we've come to know. And the reason we're pursuing you and, and being kind to you, these, these guys at the time were a couple of years older. Uh, and they said, is because we want you to know the love that we've come to know. And I'm like, bro, what are you even talking about? And they go, it's, it's Jesus. And so I was curious about this Jesus I began to read some some books, and then I just decided before I really gave my heart, I wanted to know, okay, what's the the intellectual reason for believing this God? What what's, what are the other ideas that are out there? And so early on, I read a book by Paul Little called Know Why You Believe, and so I would recommend that to people. It's a it's a simple book. It's written for late high school, college, and he just answers basically eight to. 10 different questions that are the only questions, well, not the only questions, the primary questions that we all have. Is there a God? Is the Bible true? Does it contradict science? Are there miracles? You know, and just kind of walks you through and in, in a way that made sense. And then that got me in a deeper dive to some other things. I started to go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you're God. And then I made a decision, Quinn, that if he's there and he is God, that I'm not going to do what I saw everybody else do, which is to have this tepid civil relationship with him Hmm. i'm like why wouldn't i want to know him i mean like really know him if he's a god who's personal then let's be friends and this was the key for me um i just said i'm going to stake my life i'm going to let him show himself to be false Hmm. 
okay, uh, by, by, you know, testing him and jumping up on down, if you will, on this ice. We're going to see how thick it is. Yeah. And if I can break through and fall into the freezing waters of reality, so be it. Then I'm still young enough to get back after and find out what's real. And I'll just tell you, man, you know, God has never shown himself anything but real. And the key for me, and I think this is where a lot of young believers, don't be a churchman, um, be a Christ follower who runs with other people who are Christ followers. That's what the church is. So when I say don't be a churchman, I mean, you should be a biblical churchman, but not probably what most of us, at least me, you know, uh, saw folks who go to church are not churchmen. People who are the church, okay, are biblical churchmen, okay? So, you know, you and our buddy Greg, you know, are going to start a new work up there in Wyoming, Outpost Community Church, right? So if you're up in Cody, you got a place you can run with guys who want to run with Jesus. And, you know, one of the things I tell young guys who are starting churches, man, the last thing you want to do is start the kind of church people want to go to, hmm. right? Because the rest of your life you'll be trying to make it the kind of church that people want to go to. What you want to do is invite people into the kind of life that God wants them to live and experience. All right? And that's what Jesus does. That's what, that's what the Bible, I mean, Jesus, follow me. Right? Uh, Paul, the things you've learned and received, heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the peace of God will be with you. So Christ is always just saying, let's go. Come on and learn more of God. Learn more of my ways. And I decided to do that. And if the Bible said it, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live according to it as best I can. And I'll just tell you, man, now I'm coming up on 40 years in this thing. And there's not been a single time I've obeyed God, followed his word, done what it said, that it hadn't blessed me. I mean, I missed out on some parties, missed out on some uh, momentary fantasies, you know, if you will, in the flesh. Uh, but I don't have any of the scars that people who uh, follow those things that, as the scripture says, wage war against your soul, right? I mean, I've waged war against my soul because I'm an idiot and I, I'm prone to leave the God I love and... Uh, I'm not glorified yet, so there's still plenty of my flesh that's loud and temptation that seems real to me, and I go that way, um, you know, hopefully less and less, but it's still there, right? Uh, I can tell you, though, the majority of my life, the direction of my life has been to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and to obey his word and to not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. Mm-hmm. But I have delighted myself in the law of the Lord, and I will tell you that by the grace of God, my tree is like my, my, my life is like a tree firmly planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and does not wither when the heat comes. That's, I, I mean, glory to God. I will just tell you, his word is true, and you would do wise to pay attention to it, right? So that that is, you know, what I did in my 20s. I just said, I'm going to know this God. I'm going to serve him. I, I thought, you know, like everybody else, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. Uh, once I realized I wasn't going to be through sports, it was going to be, you know, through law and some other things and, you know, uh, running down those roads. And God just kept showing me the joy of knowing him. And so none of the, it's not wrong if, if God does allow you to be a guy that has some success business-wise. But if your success is, you think, going to be uh, satisfactory, uh, if it's anything other than knowing more of God and living in his ways, you, you'll have to make a million bucks to realize that was you're barking up the wrong tree, yeah. you know? And so I... I I'll quote a guy named Lord Acton, and then uh, I'll shut up so you can ask a question. <laughs> uh, but, you know, 
I love the statement that the rich are infinitely better off than the poor because while the poor still think that money can buy them happiness, the rich know better. Mm-hmm. And um, that truth is true because it's a summation of a lot of biblical truth, right? Where God's just saying that, hey, man, uh, you know, don't weary yourself in the pursuit of riches. You know, cease, cease from it because it, it takes wings. It's just not there. It's not going to do for you what you think it is. I mean, I, I, I can remember studying Ecclesiastes with a billionaire, literally, you know, and uh, and as I'm walking with this guy, you know, through we got to Ecclesiastes five, and in Ecclesiastes five, there's this verse. Uh, it says, "He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with its income." And he just stopped the group. He goes, "Hey, that is true." Wow. And I kind of looked at everybody. I go, "See, here's the problem. Y'all think." Well, give me a shot at it, right? Yeah, give me yeah. a crack at it. So the problem with that guy's money, the problem it isn't ever money, okay? Money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Mm-hmm. And if you love anything other than God and give yourself to anything other than God and his word, you're going to end up being thirsty. Mm-hmm. But it's the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness that's going to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that to be true in my own life, not because I've chased a lot of other things, but because in my 20s, God said, hey, chase me. And... um I think you'll see that it's sweeter than honey and uh, more precious than gold. And I would just tell you, if you, you know, here's one man's testimony. Uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy here who said this. Um, I spent the last 15 years of my life testing the warnings of God's scripture. Right? He violated what God said. He uh, did the things he was warned against doing in God's word. He said, I've, t- I've, t- "I've spent the last 15 years of my life testing the warnings of God, and I found that it'd be them to be true." And so I want to spend the rest of my life testing the promises of God. So I will tell you, in your 20s is when you want to start testing the promises because you get more and more convinced of their goodness. Hmm. That's so good. And so in that path, like as you're, as you're following that path, that takes a, a lot of faithfulness. It takes a, a measure of success almost has to become faithfulness because you're not going to see immediate gratification and results, I don't think. Um, and, and in that, did you see, I think I've heard you say before, um, did you see that other people were, whether they were compromising or not, were maybe being elevated to positions that you felt more mm-hmm. qualified for and, and that you had to really nose down, get after, man, faithfulness is the metric. Faithfulness is the Yeah, metric. that's right, Quinn. I mean, I think one of the things you have to do right away is not assume you know what God's going to do if you do what God tells you to do. Mm-hmm. You just got to assume God's good and he's got you, right? Mm-hmm. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth looking for those whose hearts are completely his, all right, that he might strongly support them. I think a lot of times we think strong support means great fame, great success, great acclaim. That's not what it says, okay? Um, You know, simple as Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, um, so that you might be be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have success. I think a lot of us, Assume we know what prosperity and success looks like. Hmm. And you, you've, you better die to that definition of strong support, prosperity, and success and go, what's God say it is? And that the Lord's with me. And so, I, I, yeah, I would see guys who were um, either taking shortcuts or who weren't working as hard or from maybe my limited perspective being as faithful uh, that were being noticed by others and celebrated and, uh, or, or who flat out, you know, honestly, um, 
I mean, think of it this way. Let's just talk to the girls in your podcast for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see the girls that are putting out, yeah. right? And the good guys, you know, because they're, they're, um, you know, the good guys are attracted to them because they're flirtatious and available in mm-hmm. in every way that a godly young woman shouldn't have to be. And they get a lot of attention for it. And even sometimes the quote unquote good guys are easily distracted by that. And you start to go, man, you know, here I am alone. No one is pursuing me. You know, uh, you get that label, how oh, she's the kind of girl you want to marry, not the kind of girl you want to date. You hear that kind of crap. And let me just tell you something. You want to be the kind of girl that guys want to marry, not they want to date. And you don't want to be around guys that don't want to marry the kind of girl, uh, that don't want to date the kind of girl they want to marry. You leave, let those go, boys go fill their mouth with that poison of, uh, of fleeting things. And uh, don't, you don't need to rescue them from their stupidity. Let pain rescue them from their stupidity later mm-hmm. and make sure there's a good, long history and past of faith, faithfulness before they come, quote-unquote, back to you. You keep running after Jesus. Don't, don't seek a spouse. Seek the Lord, uh, and, and he'll take care of you. So, um, but, I, I, yeah, I think that's true. I think I saw, um, you know, I didn't experience anything like Joseph did, you know. And so uh, one of the phrases that uh, spilled out of my mouth, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago when I was talking to a young guy who was maybe struggling with the lack of prosperity and success coming his way and doing some things and say, bro, God never, you know, Pharaoh never misses his Joseph, right? You just keep being faithful. If, if you're supposed to clean, uh, you know, bed chambers in Potiphar's house, just make them the best clean bed chambers there is. And, and word's going to get to, to Pharaoh eventually. Potiphar's going to notice that, you know, if you're in jail, you know, shine the bars hmm. and, uh, and, you know, make that a place that people go, dude, who's, who's in charge here? And, um, you know, the reward for, for faithful service is the opportunity for more service. So I, I did. I would just say to guys, uh, not, not, not say to guys, I, you know, you just got to wait and believe that the Lord has his eyes on you. Just go back and remember yourself. When God's looking to appoint kings, he doesn't, um, he doesn't always get them to be kings the way that we think, yeah. you know, he would. Sometimes he just, uh, well, he'll go out in the field and he'll find you. If you're a shepherd boy and God wants you to be king, he'll find you. That, that story's in the scripture, right? Uh, not the boys that were um, everybody thought would be the, the lot that kings were chosen from. And so your job is to be faithful. Your job is to humble yourself, and he will exalt you in due time. That doesn't mean 26. It doesn't mean 36. It just means in due time. And frankly, you need to know this. I really believe the people that God is going to ultimately really exalt maybe never have their moment, I mean, ever on this side, yeah. right? Because this isn't the end of the story. And if you, if you tell God, you got to show up for me by the time I'm 30, the way a million bucks would if I, if I pursued money, then I'm out, well, I, I wouldn't be the one that put God on a clock, and that could be your choice. But, you know, a phrase that we've used a lot around here, I don't even know who said it first, you know, back, I read it somewhere along the way, but God is seldom early, but he's never late. And just don't put God in the clock and say, hey, if you don't find me a wife by the time I'm 26, then I'm going to go find one myself. Or if you don't give me the position I want or the salary I want or the acclaim I want, or if this podcast doesn't blow up like Joe Rogan, yeah. you know, God, what's up with that? Joe Rogan's there dropping F-bombs, doing all this. He's one of the most influential guys in America. How come this podcast that's got something good going on isn't, um, isn't used like that? You just don't worry about that, man. You just keep being humble daily. Don't make that a podcast name. Yeah. Right, you make that a pattern of living, and it will go well with you. But not always as quick as you want. 
right? Yeah. So it'll, but but just you just gotta trust it, man. Live in the way. So good. So I've spent time with some guys who have spent a lot of time with you. This is the first time we really got extended time together. Um, but one of the consistent threads, if if your name comes up, so uh, it's it's come out of Demar's mouth, it's come out mm. of JP's mouth, Connor Baxter's mouth, Greg's mouth. Mm. Um, is that not only are you the best leader they've ever been around, mm. uh, a few of them have said you're the best leader in America. Yeah. Um, so what, when hearing that from guys that, that you're investing your time and energy into has to be edifying. Um, and also, what, what, are some, what, are, what do you lean on in leadership? Obviously scripture, but like what are some of the very key things that have been most helpful in, in leading people? So let me give you the simple answer, all right? Because I, I, I think some of these answers have been 10 minutes long. So let me just answer quickly, and then you say, okay, double tap on that. You know, um, so, I, I mean, I, when I'm at my best, okay, I'm leading people the way I want to be led, mm. right? Which is just the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not don't do to people what you don't want done. That's the way the world used to say it. Jesus flipped that. I think Confucius is the one who said, hey, don't do to others what you don't want done to you. And Jesus said, no, man, this is not just don't be a jerk. This is be um, a provider of good. So do unto others. And so I did. I was like, hey, how do I want to be led? And, and then, frankly, let's get, let's get out of my head. How does Jesus say, how does God, who is the best and, and the most benevolent and the perfectly sovereign, good and kind leader, how does he lead? And so, I mean, Mark ten forty five, right, yeah. uh, is the answer. There's a, there's a couple, but Mark ten forty five is the one that I'd go to. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. So just self-mortification and um, a desire to just kind of say, hey, man, I want others to prosper. I want others to have success. Um, there's a phrase that we've been using around here now for a while. You know, when you have success, look through a window. And when you have mm-hmm. trouble, look in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And... You know, um, you know. I think uh, I can't think of the names of the guys that wrote it. I've just read in the book. I haven't read the whole thing, but that book, Extreme Leadership, it's it's just been like just own it. Just like hey, if there's a problem, step up, take responsibility, and um, you know that extreme ownership is I'm going to take responsibility for my guys and what they do, and when there's success, I'm going to share it. So I, I just think you know, Quinn. Just like I said, I want to do short. So the, the short answer is I treat people. Not just the way I want to be treated, but I, I well I do that. But then on top of that, I go and how God says mm. I should treat him as best I can. I, I'm sure I don't do that a lot. I've had a couple of times um, just yesterday at the same table we're sitting at, <laughs> where where three of the guys that work closely with me right now, I had to say, hey man, there's there's a couple of moments in the last few days that I just want to own. Do you know what the Chosen is? Have you watched the Chosen? Yeah. All right, man, huge fan of the Chosen. Mm-hmm. And the way I used it, them, these guys have all heard me tell them and watch the Chosen. It's the best Jesus I've ever seen. Yeah. And the way I said it to him was, hey, let me just tell you guys, uh, in that, that, that meeting we had the other day, there were three times that if I was watching The Chosen, I'd want to either rewrite the script or get a different <laughs> actor, right? Uh, so if I was the Jesus figure in that interaction, I don't think I want that to be the portrayal of Jesus. And so I asked their forgiveness, you know? Um, and I was very specific about just tone and a way that I kind of, um, you know, just, you know, chopped their legs out from them a little bit. And I just go, man, I don't want to do that. And I, and I did that. Will you forgive me? 
So I realize I'm not Jesus. There's going to need to be some retakes. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and so when you, when you make a mistake, man, you know, own it. I, I think people realize it's earth, bro. We don't expect you to be Jesus. That's right. This isn't, this isn't Todd's church. This is Jesus's church. But if you're a servant of Christ, when you don't do what he would have done, just own it and, and seek forgiveness and forsake what you were doing. And you really do find compassion. Right? It's not my idea. That's Proverbs again. That's Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. He who confesses and forsakes will find compassion, but he who conceals it, because he's got the power to conceal it, uh, he can intimidate people, and he can say, "Bro, you don't come at me because I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take you out." It says he will not prosper. So, my best leadership is when I'm a shadow of the best leader, and but man, it's not that hard, right? I mean, we all kind of know how we want to be treated, yeah, and um. I want to be around somebody who isn't just using me as a foundation for the platform they're trying to build for themselves. I want somebody who's going to cultivate God's gifts in me and give those gifts an opportunity to to bring glory to my king. Mm-hmm. And and so I try and do that. I'm sure I could do it better. But on my best days I do I do that. Hmm. So um yeah, I, I think you know, in short, uh, just ask yourself, you know, hey, how can I love and serve others? How can I further God's purposes for them? Not how can I use them to further God's purposes for me? Hmm. So most people uh, use people and love things. Hmm. And the scripture says that's not a good way to roll. You want to love people and use things, hmm. right? But people are not things, they're not stepping stones. For you to get what you want, they're image bearers that it is yours to steward. And so those guys you just mentioned and dozens of others around here, I'm like, hey, man, you know, my job is to make sure. And this is, by the way, guys with their wives. You know, you're not here just to be uh, some trophy in my arm or to bring me pleasure when I want it and to raise my kids and I'll get to you. Um, my job is to cherish you and to honor you, cultivate gifts in you and celebrate you and, uh, and, and let you be a son to my moon. Hmm. You know, you treat a woman like that and there's going to be, you know, what George Strait said is true, man. She's going to look really good in love and she's going to love you and it's going to go well with you. And the truth is that ain't just a woman. It's just the guys that you're around. Hmm. Uh, servant leadership is talked about a lot but not practice near enough. I hope I practice it more. Hmm. So you mentioned there, Todd, that's, that's so helpful. You mentioned um, the idea of kind of not using people as a, pla- as a foundation for, to build your own platform. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, some of the conversations I've heard you have revolve a lot around kind of, is it Proverbs, is it 26? Uh, it's better be called to the king's table. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Proverbs, see, well, where you better be called to the king's table. I think of, I think of Luke 14 team where you sit back but yeah there's a proverb that says the same thing uh which proverb is that where where the story that jesus tells in luke 14 that builds in that proverb is hey, don't take a seat of honor right just yeah. go sit in the back let somebody call you up mm-hmm. right uh so yes uh i'll have to think what, what where that is in proverbs but the story in luke 14 uh where jesus tells folks you know to not look for positions of honor is him building and, and telling a story around that idea hmm. yeah so what What's your advice to people? There's almost, I don't know if this, t- 
took place as, as out there in your generation as it is in my generation of this idea of actually building a platform and the delusion that comes with it of mm. I must I must build a platform so that I can reach and influence more people for Christ when really I think I've heard you say I don't know if it's you or if it's um, someone that you read as uh, trust a man least in the midst of his own self-justification mm. and I think we get really creative with the ideas of like oh well if if I can just compromise on xyz i'll get more people to therefore then switch to faithfulness and almost bait and switch into listening to me speak about christ um in this generation what would be your admonishment and encouragement towards people who desire to have a platform or who are currently uh aiming their life at building a platform as opposed to aiming at the faithfulness mm-hmm. we talked about earlier yeah i mean my, my advice then would be first peter five mm-hmm. five and six Okay, it would be humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time. And uh, be be great. The reward for faithful service is the opportunity for more service. Okay, so it's Proverbs twenty five, six and seven. All right, is is the proverb. Uh, you don't claim honor in the presence of a king. You don't need to call the whistle, the spotlight over to where you are. Don't stand in the place of great men. Verse seven. For it is better that it be said to you, come up here, right, than for you to be placed in the lower in the presence of the prince uh, whom your eyes have seen. And so that, 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 that is, again, that, that story is in Luke 14, okay. 7 through 11. But, um, uh, you know, my, my heart for you would be let the Lord exalt you in due time. And we talked about this earlier. Don't tell God, hey, due time is by the time I'm 30. Right? Uh, Is that a good litmus test, you think? Like, what's the thing that, like, what's your if-then statement with God? Like, if if you have one of those, that's an area you're not trusting God in? Yeah, for sure. Like, if I, you know, listen, don't love what God can do for you. Love God. Right? And a lot of guys like, I'll serve God as long as he makes me everything I want to be. Uh, From the world's perspective, what you want to be is like Christ. All right, and if and I don't know anybody that ever lived better than him, and he got nailed to a tree, and murdered, and betrayed by the time he was thirty-three. So maybe you should say, "All right, God, unless the world hates me and I'm crucified by thirty-three, you haven't you haven't fulfilled your promise to me." All right, <laughs> so uh, so let me just remind you, man, th- this uh, this world is not your home, and so if you love God, so He can exalt you on this earth, then you're you're making a bad trade, and you're frankly not even reading the scripture, okay. What you should assume if you're faithful is persecution. Okay. Um, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, and, and you don't have to go looking for it. It's just going to happen because this is, this is a world that looks for teachers in accordance with their own desire, increasingly so in our country. And um, what you want to be is when, a God, when, when God looks down, you want to be a guy that when God looks down, he sees faithfulness. He goes, that's my man, and I'm going to support him, and I'm going to make him like a pillar of iron, like a fortified city, like a wall of bronze, right? And they will fight against him, but they will not overcome it because I am with that brother, you know, uh, to exalt him in due time. And sometimes the way God exalts you is uh, by letting you be taken out, and he exalts you on the other side of the grave. Or he lets you like Joseph and like scores of other godly faithful men in Scripture, he lets you be passed over, passed over, passed over, and you still find your satisfaction in him where he goes, okay, now I know I can trust that guy because he's not hanging around for my gifts. He's hanging around for me, and so he can represent me 
in a place where there's lots of gifts because he's already proven he doesn't want the gift. See, too many guys, you know, th- this is what, again, the proverb says. It says, do you see a man skilled in what he does? He will stand before kings, right? Not before obscure men. And then it says uh, that a crucible is for silver and a furnace for gold, but a man will be tested by the praise accorded him. If you think it's hard getting passed over, <laughs> wait until you're lifted up. Okay, because when you do get attention and power and prestige and provision, a lot of times our heart grows cold and we start to go, I'm the man now. I don't need the man. I am the man. And that is a death sentence. That's so good. Can you go into, I've heard you say, um, you you uh, use kind of the, not maybe not the dichotomy, but you talk a lot about character and competency. And, and especially in a young leader, yeah. how how important the relationship of those two are. Um, can you kind of go into that a little bit? I think that's super helpful. Yeah, I think you actually were in a room with me the other day, weren't yeah. you? When I, I shared a little bit more um, about this with you know a young man that I think is really talented, but sometimes there is, um, I, I think, a desire for others to notice that. <laughs> In a way, and especially with social media, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, look, Quinn, if you're doing this podcast because you want the world to know how amazing your podcast is and who you can get to come on it, folks are going to figure that out pretty quick. But if, on the other hand, you're just like, man, I just want to do, I'm I'm learning. I'm going to share my conversation with my friends. It's one of the great things about what's going on, you know, today. Um, But there is, you know, uh, D.L. Moody is a guy that said this. He said, if I take care of my character, all right, my reputation will take care of itself, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's exactly right. I see a lot of guys that what happens, they they develop um, gifts before they develop their character, okay? And um, I think what I said the other day is, you know, history is full of sad examples of people where talent exceeded a spiritual readiness, you know, and so um, I tell young men, just beware, man, when your competency is more developed than your character because you're not going to be ready to handle the the platform that's going to come your way. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort to see how uh, child actors get screwed up pretty quick, right? I mean, let's just use your generation. I mean, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. I mean, tell me when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't exactly have a sterling record of excelling in their early twenties. Yeah. Okay. Now, by the grace of God, they can always come around, but they are recovering mm. because there's some really gifted people I just ticked off. I mean, really, really gifted people, but they couldn't handle the success. And I'll tell you what: there's a lot of forty-year-olds that can't handle their success. A lot of fifty-year-olds. There's a lot of people that never. Um, learn how to handle success. And so if you don't learn to handle your Bible, right, you won't learn how to handle your success. Hmm. And so believe God's word when it talks about the formation of a heart and, and, and define success as faithfulness and, and prepare yourself for what to do when that success comes your way. Because it is... Um, that sordid gain has gotten many men, as it says in First Timothy, they've pierced themselves with many a pang because they get up there and all of a sudden they got a sword they can't handle 
and it ends up cutting them to pieces, and then they lose everything they've got, and it's a whole lot more difficult to build back what you've lost than to wait for what God wants to give you. I, one last thing I'll just say to this. I, one of the, I, I don't want to be somebody that fights for a throne, because if I fight for a throne, I've got to keep killing people to maintain it, mm-hmm. right? But like David, um, if God says, you just, be, you just cultivate a heart like mine and follow after me, if he puts you somewhere, then nobody you know, nobody can knock you out of there until God wants to remove you. And you don't want to be anywhere God doesn't want you to be anyway. So I don't want to fight against God, okay? If God wants me to do something, he'll get me to where I'm doing it. That doesn't mean I'm passive. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Uh, I, 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 I will tell you, I want to build a house, but God's the one who gets to determine what that house is going to be and where it's going to be and what it's going to end up looking like and how long it's going to last. I don't want to be a guy that that worked my way up to being a king because then i got to work to stay king. I just want to be faithful. And if God wants to put me in a position where I'm useful to others and on a platform where I can help others, that's his business. And I want to be faithful while I'm in it. And I want to make sure I develop the next guys that he wants to follow me in whatever little kingship I've got because that's the enduring legacy of Jesus. I want to be God's man on the throne, not the man on the throne. And... Part of what I want to do to, as a good leader is i got to find guys that are better at it than me and get out of the way. That's what a good leader would do. So, you know, uh, yes, <laughs> invest deeply in your character and, and don't worry about uh, how you're celebrated. Worry about what God says we should focus on, which is Christ-likeness and sanctification. Hmm. So, Todd, what um, I think I have a pretty pretty good understanding of the human condition and a pretty good understanding that that all of us fall short all of us have insecurities all of us have anxieties but when i look at you i'm like does this guy have any insecurities like the 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 boldness you walk in the confidence that you step in um what's something that 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 todd wagner gets either a little shaken by or um feels insecurity that he has to uh captivate his thoughts as those thoughts come through that's a great question quinn I I have not um, I have a high view of the sovereignty of God, and I think that's what gives me that thing. I I hope it's that that gives me that sense of security. And you know, I mean, I, I'm immortal to the Lord's done with me. Um, I just want to do what He wants me to do today. I'm human. Look, I see other people experiencing things and being talked about and celebrated in certain ways, and I want to live for an audience of one. I think the answer is the Word of God, okay? And I want to be um, battened down by that. So my, if I have an insecurity, it's that I know that today might be the last day I've got to be faithful. Hmm. And I want to use it as well as I can and not get swallowed up in petty things. I mean, you know, think about just, how old are you now? I'm 26. All right, 26, bro. Think about the things that consumed you when you were in junior high. Yeah, we were just talking about that yesterday. Okay, and how looking back, you go, why? Why was I? Why did I freak out about that? Like, if I don't look that way, or my hair doesn't lay this way, or that girl doesn't respond to me in this moment, or this wrestling match doesn't go a certain way, or I don't make that team, it's like the end of my life. Mm-hmm. That is so silly, looking back. And you know that, man. Just thirteen years later. Now, can you imagine how we're going to look back on eternity? Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of things lately 
that I just look back and just go, why would I even care about this? All right, and I'm not going to be irresponsible. Uh, I, I want to do what I'm supposed to do, but man, if it doesn't work out the way that I want, this too really shall pass. So set your mind on the things above, not the things that are on the earth. It's the word of God that gives me security. And when I see people that are celebrated quickly or that are, um, I don't care. I mean, I'm, I, I literally mean this, uh, with presidents. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, bro. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't care what kind of power on earth you have. I don't care what position on earth you have. I don't, I, I just, I, I've been with guys that are those things, yeah. <laughs> okay? And, and I look at them and I'm just like, oh man, you know, uh, bro, I hope you're faithful. And that's all I want to be. And I do have a responsibility to make sure that I lovingly, speak to what faithfulness looks like in a way that those guys quickly go, hey, man, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of yes men around here, and I'm not really looking for that kind of counsel. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not really looking to sharpen each other. We're just kind of on this boat rowing along, having a merry good time. And uh, if you don't want to just kind of join in, then, you know, you're not going to be on this yacht very long. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, my goal is not to be on this yacht. My goal is to be faithful. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this yacht's nice. But I don't want to love yachts. You know, I want to love Yahweh. I want to love the Lord. I want to love the privilege of being God's man. I'm not looking to pick a fight, but I'm also not going to be silenced by what you can offer me. And I think I mean, the only reason I can do that is because of my belief in God's word. I just, I mean, Quinn, I just want to go all in. If he's God, then no sacrifice is too great. So I read people. To me, I don't just look at guys that have what the world offers and are content with it. I am more, I am more bothered by guys that saw more of Jesus and followed him harder than I have. Yeah. Right? Because I'm like, bro, I mean, do I even know Christ? I look at C.T. Studd, you know? Um, I look at Borden of Yale. I look at um, Jim Elliott. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. I go, man, I don't even know if I know the Lord. Look what those guys did. Hmm. Right? And so let me, Father, want more of you and, um, and not worry about what the world thinks of me. I mean, some of these guys, you know, Bonhoeffer died in his 30s. Adoniram Johnson died in his uh, you know, 30s. And I just look at these guys. It would, no, not Johnson. He died a little older. But I mean, some of these guys, I'm just looking at them and I'm just like, dude, I'm 56. And have I just found too easy a way? It's not like you have to die early to be faithful. But I'm just looking at those guys and the decisions they made. And, and you know, maybe on the other side, God will encourage me. Go, Todd, hey, it's not for everybody to die at 33, you know? Um, some guys I want to live long and faithful lives and, and handle at some point, um, you know, positions of privilege. Well, that's part of my story too. Mm -hmm. Right. But this might be just a good way to, you know, to end, you know, so you folks have to listen to me drone on all day long, but again, let's get back to the Proverbs. So, you know, Proverbs 23 is just a great passage. You know, it says, when you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. This this is this this is that yacht analogy, right? I mean, I don't know what the, the thing is that you kind of go, dude. That'd be wild, you know, if I could be uh, in that position or running with those people. But it says, put a knife to your throat 
if you're a man of great appetite. In other words, if you love the king's table, hmm. if you desire his delicacies, it's deceptive food is what he says. And, and what they'll do, you know, don't eat the bread of a selfish man. This is a, a selfish world that says, or desire his delicacies for as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. The, the world is always trying to buy you off, man. It's always trying to um, give you what they think it'll take to own you. And what I want to say is, man, I am, I'm already bought. I'm already owned by the blood of Christ. And I desire his delicacies. And I want to eat more of the food which strengthens my soul. So if I'm insecure about anything, bro, it's that I know I don't love Jesus enough. Hmm. But why would I fear man? That's what Jesus says when he's talking to his disciples, a verse I quote all the time. Do not fear those who can uh, destroy the body. He says, you fear the one who can destroy the body and cast the soul into hell forever. Hmm. He said, and he kind of, I think he, you know, said, boys, that's me. Yeah. Right? Don't jack with me. I've got life and I've got judgment and I love you. So you just got to decide, you know, who is just Jesus? And I would say the best way to find out in your 20s is to test him. Because if you see that you give yourself to Jesus radically, I mean radically, and uh, it doesn't set you apart, then you got your 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s to go be the world's idiot, right? Uh, but Or you might, by the grace of God, stumble something, onto something in your 20s like I did that's going to begin a new story of potentially generational faithfulness and that's going to allow others to want more of this God in the way that Borden of Yale and C.T. Studd and Jim Elliott made me want more of God. And so my story will never be as renowned as those men, and it shouldn't be. But I want it to be a blessing to Connor Baxter and Greg and Quinn and JP and DeMarv and JD and Coop and whoever else God lets me. And um, that's only going to happen as I seek more of him. That's so good, man. So you can, we'll land the plane here, and you can plead the fifth if you want. Um, have you ever thought about running for president? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I, I guess the, the answer is yes. Um, but I don't want to do it. You know, I, I think Spurgeon's the one that said, if God calls you to be a prophet, don't stoop to be a king. I'd rather, I'd rather serve, you know, um, the president in, 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 um, or a president and just say, hey, I'll speak truth to you. And if God wants me to do something, he's going to have to make it pretty clear. I want to be a faithful shepherd to God's people. The only reason, honestly, I, I thought about it is because it's the biggest pulpit in the world. Yeah. Okay? And so I don't seek pulpits. Yeah. I seek to be faithful if God puts me in one. And I think if there was a situation where someone said, hey, I'd like you to consider this, I, I would prayerfully consider it, but not because, you know, I just want to serve people. And I believe the best way to serve people I think politics is downstream of culture, and culture is downstream of the church. The church should be the greatest influence in culture. And so um, I'm, what I'm trying to do is change, the, uh, by the grace of God, let more people know the goodness of God so they would want the kind of leaders that's going to be a blessing to them and not put up with um, what the world offers them as a leader. And so I think the best way maybe to serve our country, is not to be the president, but to change their appetite for what kind of president they would want. Wow. If it, if, if, I mean, you know, 
that became something that the Lord ever wanted me to do, uh, I'd listen. But I really do believe the best way to change the world is to change one life and let that life change a life. And then a bunch of lives slowly being changed. You know, um, I mean, our world, I was, I was just doing some, you know, last night when I got done teaching at the porch, I went home and I was just reading and looking and watching just the way that there's so much vitriol, so much hate. You know, that sadness that just happened up in Minnesota with that yeah. dude on that guy's neck. And I'm just looking at that. And, I mean, I literally, I just thought, man, I pray I've got the courage to charge a cop doing that to somebody. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I, I don't want to just film him. I want to say, bro, I mean, listen, I'm going to ask you as kindly as I can. I think you need to get off his neck. And if you don't, I'm going to take you off his neck. And then, then you can be on my neck. Yeah. But I'd rather die with you on my neck than watch a man die with your knee in his neck. Hmm. And so... um I, I just, I want to do my best to serve people. So I, I, I've, I've only, here's what I've done. I've sometimes thought about, man, I'd love to see a guy in that position say something that I think can bring hope and healing, you know, in a moment like this. And if I was the Lord, you know, uh, the kind of guy I would ultimately want to put in that position, um, I want, I want him to see, I don't want him to pursue that position. I want to see him pursue me, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm doing, man. I, I would, I, I just want to pursue Christ, and I do pray for kings and those that are in authority. And I have a great privilege of shepherding hearts that won't put up with kings that um, don't rule the way Christ wants. That's the hope of the world: Jesus, mm -hmm. not some guy in some uh, position. And so I want to stay in that position of humility and faithfulness and equipping people to where they care about who rules their ruler. And in a country of the people, by the people, for the people, they want people who see and know the goodness of God and walk according to his ways. So, hmm. I think that's a good place to land the yeah. plane there. Hey, All Todd, right, man. thanks so much, man. Few people truly have impacted me from afar uh, as, as your faithfulness uh, has impacted my faith. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for that, well, man. Well, Quint, listen, bro, you encouraged me. We met, what, now a year and a half ago? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at, at the end of a, of a conference that... Um, I was at, and uh, and you were there, and that short conversation uh, led to you getting your buddy Greg to come hang out with us more, which led to you and I getting to hang out more yeah. uh, like this today, and then like from a distance a little bit. So you've encouraged me because I see in you, bro, a guy that's that's pursuing faithfulness and um, trying to be God's man at 26. And so I can't wait to follow you. As I start to lose my teeth and chew my mashed potatoes, <laughs> you'll be in a position where I'll be looking for a leader. And so I'm glad that you and Greg and JP and DMARV and Coop and JD and others and Connor are, are the kind of guys that I'm going to get to follow because I need, uh, I want godly men that I can uh, trust. And I appreciate you pursuing that. Thank you, man. Yeah. Man, guys, I hope that that was helpful for you. I uh, hope that you got to just glean some wisdom from a guy who's just done it for a while, who's just been walking with God, who's trusted his promises, who's been in the book, who's who's reading his word, memorizing scripture, and letting it rest and meditate in his heart. Uh, I just pray that you will, will just take some of the nuggets of wisdom that he shared, some of the life circumstances, life experiences uh, that he's given to you, and just learn from his experiences and learn from his ways and see that God is faithful to those who walk in his ways. And so I just pray that you'll be about it, that you'll get after it, that this will be an encouragement to you that despite the fact that the country is crazy right now and the world is crazy right now, God is still in control. And in that control, he's called you to faithfulness and he's called you to obedience and he's called you to be God's man and he's called you to be God's woman. And so man, my heart is just that you guys 
would have hearts that are whole towards God, that you would be blameless, that God would look at the place that you live, that he would look among the ground that you stand on and say, there's someone there who will fight for me. There's someone in there who will stand in the gap and build up the wall before me. And so I just pray that over you guys. Let me just pray real quick. Lord, I just pray for these people. I pray that they would be bold vessels for you. I pray that they would glean the advice that Todd's experience has given them. I pray that they would listen to this, that they would take notes, that they would meditate and just steep in the word, and that they would just get to know you more on a deeper level. God, I pray for people who feel isolated right now, that they would find community. God, I pray for people who just don't know where you're at. God, they don't even know if you exist, and they're questioning your existence. They're doubting if you're good. They're doubting if you'll be faithful. God, I pray that they would take a step towards obedience and see the fact that, Lord, you're going to provide. And so, Lord, we pray for those people. We pray for all those in need. We pray for the person driving to work right now who just doesn't know if this is what they want to be doing, but God has called them to faithfulness to be where they are. We pray that they'll stay. We pray that they'll grow. We pray that they will uh, cultivate faithfulness where God has planted them, that they will be a mission-focused person with feet on the ground in a place that no one else can be. And God, we pray that you'll be with Todd as he's leading a congregation, as he's leading people down in Dallas, Texas at Watermark Church. Just pray that you will guide him and just shepherd him, Lord, and just uh, speak into his life. Continue to do a mighty work through him. God, we're grateful for you. We love you. Move in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, if you want to hear more about Todd or just hear some more of his uh, sermons or some of the content, you can find hundreds of maybe even thousands of sermons and episodes with Todd. Uh, Just go to Watermark's website. You can just Google Watermark Community Church and it's down in Dallas and you will find all those things. Let us know at Humble Daily if we can help you guys. We're always looking to share content with you that will be helpful in your walk with Christ. We love you guys. We're grateful for you. Go have a good week of worship.